0: what is up welcome back to the locked on chargers podcast i'm your host daniel wade joined as always with john kegley and david Drogermeyer, my two co-hosts three writers from san diego sports domination who have been covering the chargers for three years and started our own facebook live show chargers domination live which is where we got our start and this is our first season with the locked on chargers podcast bringing you your team every day Well, guys, we have some big news today. Obviously, we have the Pro Bowlers. The Pro Bowlers were announced, and the Chargers leave the NFL with seven Pro Bowlers. So we're going to start off talking about that. It is the Thursday show, so we'll go ahead and get into our keys for success for this game. It's a little different than some of the past games where it's pretty cut and dry what the Chargers need to do. This is going to be a strange test for the Chargers, so we need to get into that. We'll start with the Chargers' defense against the Ravens' offense, and then we'll wrap things up at the end of the show with the Chargers' offense against probably the best defense in the league. So, let's go ahead and start with the big news, guys. Nathan Peterman has been signed to the Raiders. No, I'm just playing. But the big news is obviously the Pro Bowls. Not the end-all-be-all of good players, but it is nice to see a bunch of Chargers on that list, you guys. I mean, seven leading the NFL... I think I read it was the most since 2007. So, I mean, just a a really good year for the Chargers and a lot of guys getting recognition. So let's go ahead and get into it. Obviously, the number one guy, no doubt, Pro Bowler, Phillip Rivers, will be representing the AFC in the quarterback group, followed by Melvin Gordon, who gets a well-deserved spot. Keenan Allen makes the list for the Pro Bowl this year. And then also Mike Pouncey, who's been a huge stabilizing force for the Chargers at center. Then Derwin James in his first season gets his first Pro Bowl nod. And then Melvin Ingram and Adrian Phillips. All right, David. So seven Pro
1: Boys. I definitely didn't see that coming. No, I mean, look, I mean, you got to be honest, though. Look at this team, Daniel. I mean, they're 11 and three, and they do have talent up and down the roster. But I was a little bit surprised to see seven, uh, seeing that they are leading the league. And with the most Pro Bowl selections this year, uh, I think, you know, for the majority of those guys, we're, you know, kind of expecting to see their names. But the guy I think we can all, uh, you know, agree on that we're happy to see get a Pro Bowl selection is the undrafted free agent Adrian Phillips. I mean, for for me, man, it's not just been his contributions on special teams, but his maturation and transformation on the defensive side, turning into that hybrid kind of linebacker safety He has worked and earned a spot on this defense, and to see that get rewarded with a Pro Bowl nod is really something special.
0: Yeah, it really is, John. Adrian Phillips, I definitely think, is the unsung hero of this group, and it's nice to see him, if not making it for a linebacker, to see him get noticed on
2: special teams. I'm just happy to see him make it because he's part of my Texas Longhorns, so I'm glad to see one of them in there, but why – oh, why is Desmond King not on this list? And that was the next question, John. Who do you think
0: got snubbed from this list? And I think that's very fair to say that Desmond King absolutely should have been in this game. I think that the nickel cornerback position kind of gets overlooked in the NFL. Patrick Robinson, a couple years ago, playing, I mean, one of the best years of his career in the slot corner position. He really didn't get any recognition. And now you have Desmond King, who's, I mean, one of the best corner covers in the league, David, not getting put on this list. I know it has some to do with fan voting, has some to do with players and coaches as well. But if you're talking about overall good players on this team, Desmond King absolutely should have been at
1: the top of the list. Well, Desmond King was one of the highest rated corners by Pro Football Focus this year. And I think you could make a legitimate argument that he should probably be uh, one of the pro bowlers and not Melvin Ingram. I think this has not been the best year for Melvin Ingram, but he has the bigger name. And again, you got to remember, this is something that fans vote on to uh, get these guys to the Pro Bowl. But I think Desmond King deserves a spot, and he definitely was snubbed.
0: It does have to do with fan voting, and he is not a really household name yet, I would say. So that part's not surprising, but I think your point about Melvin Ingram is right. I mean, it's definitely not been a huge year for Melvin Ingram. I was surprised to see him on that list. I think honestly, if Joey Bosa plays, he's probably in that spot instead of Melvin Ingram, if he plays the entire season. But I do think Melvin Ingram has become a more rounded player this season without Joey Bosa and having to take on so many double teams and have so much of the defensive responsibility on his shoulders. But, John, I just want to talk about Derwin James. You know, in his rookie year, already elevating to being one of the best safeties
2: in the league. It's amazing to be a Pro Bowler as a rookie. It's even more amazing to do it as a, Defensive player. Guys on offense tend to make a lot of highlight plays that get people's attention. So, like when Cadillac Williams played for the Tampa Bay his rookie year, he got rookie of the year, just made a whole bunch of 30 yard plays to get in the Pro Bowl, but he wasn't even close to being the best running back, but he made the plays. Derwin James on defense, you don't really notice those guys, but he's been such a force. He's laid out hits, he's made interceptions, made some of the biggest pass plays. Become incomplete passes like like week one against the Chiefs with DeAnthony Thomas. He's put in so much work and showed so much skill in his first season and he's already a pro bowler. Could he possibly become a Hall of Famer, Wade? I just I think that you have to at least entertain the
0: possibility. You don't want to jump to conclusions this early in someone's career. But when you elevate to the level that he has, I mean, becoming one of the best safeties in the league already. I mean, at his young age, him and Eric Weddle right now in the Pro Bowl with Jamal Adams, another young guy for the AFC roster. To see those guys on the same team for a Pro Bowl is pretty cool. It would be much cooler if they were still on the same team. But that is a story for another time. And the one guy I want to shout out that doesn't get a lot of attention but absolutely could make a Pro Bowl in his future with the way he's played this year is Darius Phylon. I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention Darius Phylon in any conversation having to do with the best players on the Chargers, because besides Adrian Phillips, Darius Phylon has been seemingly the one thing that's held this defensive line together at certain points in this season. So I have to give some love to Darius Phylon there. I think he could absolutely make a Pro Bowl in his future if he keeps working the way he has this year and being a disruptive force on that defensive line.
2: As much as we love to see these guys in the Pro Bowl, Wade, I'm pretty sure all three of us can agree we do not want to see them in the Pro Bowl. We want to see them in the Super Bowl.
0: Yes, that is a great point, John. Hopefully none of these guys have to play in this game. Let's say that because that needs to be said. Because if they're playing in this game, it means they're obviously not in the Super Bowl. So let's hope the AFC has a lot of spots to fill on that roster when it's all said and done. So, we do need to get into the keys for success for the Chargers defense against this Ravens high-powered rushing attack coming up next, but first I need to tell you guys about what the Lockdown Podcast Network is doing on social media, specifically Instagram and Twitter. If you follow Lockdown NFL Net on Twitter, you can get all of the local experts from the Lockdown Podcast Network on their teams on one feed. So it's great to stay up to date with everything that's going on throughout the league. On Instagram, Locked on NFL Net is giving you the biggest stories in just one minute on your Instagram stories and longer cuts on the biggest stories in the feed. The playoff implications, guys, are here, and you want to stay up to date with every team and what they're doing to see who the Chargers are going to face in the playoffs. So make sure to go follow Lockdown NFL Net on both Twitter. And Instagram so you can stay up to date with everything going on throughout the league. We talked to you guys last week about joining us on DraftKings to play against us in not just one week fantasy football, but one game fantasy football. This single game will go a long way to clearing up the playoff picture, and it could go a long way for you to win huge cash prizes. Single game fantasy football is the newest way to play at DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy football. All you have to do is pick six players from the Ravens-Chargers game in the league that we created just for Saturday's game. Your captain will earn one and a half times the points, so go for value with Mike Badgley or star power with Keenan Allen if he plays. It's that simple, six players from one game. Just stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Go to DraftKings.com or download the app now. Use code LOCKEDON to enter a single-game fantasy football contest for free this week with your first deposit and compete for your share of over $1 million in total prizes. That's code locked on only at DraftKings, the game inside the game. All right, guys, now it's time to get into the next segment, and that is what it do the Chargers need to do this weekend to have success against the Ravens offense with their defense. So the Chargers defense has a lot. Cut out for them this week, David, because they have to stop the best rushing attack in the league.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's uh, no small task. I mean, these guys not only run the ball, but they run the ball with multiple people and they run it very efficiently. They, uh, you know, this is basically a read option type option, uh, offense, excuse me. Lamar Jackson's going to get out there. I believe he's their leading rusher and he's only played about six games. A lot of design runs. Uh, but, again, they don't just run it the same way. They run it to the outside, run it to the inside, use a different personnel. You know, this is a rushing attack that's going to try to come at you from every possible angle. So the Chargers need, I mean, at an elementary level, they have to stop this running game and make this Ravens offense one-dimensional, as in try to make them throw the ball as much as possible. If they can do that, then that is definitely the key to the game do everything you can
2: to stop that running attack. And, Wade, the best way for the Chargers' defense to stop the Ravens' running attack is to keep the outside contained. You need Melvin Ingram and Joy Bosa to force the run inside. Don't get caught up in trying to chase Lamar Jackson or the running back in the backfield. Just keep it in the middle and try to hold it to a one, two-yard gain and let the linebackers, Adrian Phillips, all those guys need to make the play in the middle control their gaps, and make the tackle at the point of contact. You cannot be having missed tackles here to Jatavius Brown. If you're Darius Phylon, you want to make sure you're pushing the center whenever you get a chance to, straight back, just like Jamal Williams used to do, so that the running back has to take one by like half a second more of a decision of which way he wants to go with the ball so that the linebackers have a chance to get to their spots before the Ravens take off. And if it's at the passing offense, Just make sure you have a spy for Lamar Jackson. I prefer Derwin James to be that spy. He's the guy that can make the hit, that has the speed, that has the discipline to be able to square up on Lamar and not get juked out. And if Lamar Jackson tries to do what he likes to do a lot, which is try to gain that extra yard rather than slide or go out of bounds, you lay him out.
0: This Ravens rushing attack, especially since Lamar Jackson took over, is just ridiculous. Here's some numbers for you. The Ravens in their past five games have rushed for 242, 194, 207, 242, and 267 in their last five games since Lamar Jackson took over. That's an average of 230.4 rushing yards per game. That's stupid. I mean, they've only passed for 144.8 passing yards per game over the last five. That's just ridiculous. I, I do think the Chargers will struggle to stop this i mean joe mixon had a game against the chargers and i think the key for success for the chargers defense is you need to make them uncomfortable make them pass but you also need to get them into third and nines third and tens second and 13s and get them out of their rhythm because it's a very rhythm based offense and when you can get them out of that rhythm and force them into uncomfortable positions i think that's where they end up making mistakes david
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that's the recipe for success.
0: John, anything else you want to see the Chargers defense do against the Ravens offense this week?
2: Cannot give the Ravens extra yards in this game. We have been really undisciplined when it comes to Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa taking offside penalties. We cannot have that because when you have a team that runs the ball, every yard matters. And so if it goes from first and ten to first and five, their job is already easy because a successful running game has to get at least three to four yards a carry. If it's first and five, they need one to two yards a carry. Yeah, exactly.
0: And that's really what I'm talking about is you can't let them get into the second and threes and the third and ones because the Chargers are one of the worst defenses in the NFL when it comes to third and ones and fourth and ones. So you really can't let them do that. You have to find a way to get off the field defensively because the Chargers offense is already going to have a limited number of possessions in this game to make the Ravens defense pay but speaking of the Ravens defense we need to get into what the Chargers on offense need to do to have success in this game but first I need to tell you guys that if your company is looking for a new way to reach customers your company could have been mentioned right now this episode was brought to you by DraftKings but the next episode could be brought to you by your company or your product podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with the sponsors they hear on their podcast. Our demographic is 98% male, but it might be 97% male since we got some love on Twitter from one of the women that listens to this podcast. Love to see that. But our listeners have more education and earn more than traditional media audiences. So you can have your company sponsor this podcast by emailing me at dwade4256 at gmail.com and we'll hook you up with an end of the season deal. All right, guys, it's time to get into the final segment of the day. I think this is really the matchup to watch in this game is can this Chargers offense have success against, you know, maybe outside the Bears. But I personally think against the number one defense in the league with this Ravens defense. John, what do you think it is about this Ravens defense that keeps them relevant seemingly every year and this year being at the top of the NFL?
2: They're a bunch of really disciplined guys, and it don't matter who's on the field, they're going to do their job, they're going to go to their spot, and they're going to be one of the most physical teams you play. They're not, it's kind of like the Steelers in a way, with how they will throw their bodies into you and not think twice about it. But the Steelers aren't as disciplined as the Ravens are. If John Harbaugh has this team year in and year out, so disciplined, like I can't even stress that word enough. That if he, if he calls a certain coverage with zones and there's like certain assignments attached to that one zone defensive spot, they will do it. It's really hard to play against a team that's disciplined like that because if you try to do something like a pick route or something, they're ready for it. They know it's coming and they're going to sit in their spot. They're not going to fall for it and you're going to get sacked or you're going to throw an interception.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. They're very disciplined, and as we learned yesterday with the lockdown Ravens, they're returning 11 starters, which really helps with the communication on the back end of that defense. David, what do you want to see the Chargers focus on this week to have success against the Ravens' defense?
1: Well, I think, you know, on the Ravens' side, you know, they want them to have ball control, right? But I think the Chargers need to do the ball control offense on their end. I think you need to, you know, keep them uh, keep the Ravens uh, defense on the field as much as possible. That means running the ball effectively. Now, again, that's going to be easier said than done, but I think the Chargers have the offense to do that, and I think the key for me on the offensive side is get a, get, a, get a lead early. get Jump on the Ravens early and try to build that lead and play from a lead the entire game. That, for me, would be the best recipe for success on the offensive side.
0: Yeah, and I think that goes with making them uncomfortable and just, you know, having to be put in a situation they're not necessarily used to. For me, I think one of the biggest keys to this game is if you get close, if you get in the red zone, if you get a drive going, you have to find a way to get it into the end zone. Whether that's using Mike Williams against some smaller corners or being able to run the ball successfully once you get onto that shrunken Onto to the smaller part of the field. I think that's huge because I think there are going to be a lot of field goals in this game, but I think the team that's able to put the ball in the end zone and finish off these drives is going to have the most success offensively. But John, I think the other thing for the Chargers' offense is just keeping Phillip Rivers safe. And it's hard to do that because they don't have one guy to key on. They have three guys with seven sacks led by Terrell Suggs, but they also have at least 15 players that have at least half a sack. So they're bringing people from every direction.
2: They are, and it goes with all the different stunts that they use too and with how powerful they can be. With If they want to send four guys and send the rest into coverage, they'll get the job done. If they want to send seven guys, they're going to get the job done. And the biggest worry is, is Dan Feeney going to be able to hold up against this? It don't matter who they send at him. Dan Feeney's going to have to really, really be focused and know where his assignment is and who's coming where on certain stunts and be ready for it. And if it's a straight-on bull rush from one of the defensive tackles, Dan Feeney's going to have to hold on to that. But after what I saw against Kansas City, I'm pretty confident Rivers is going to figure out a way, even with pressure in his face, to find a way to beat this Ravens defense. But it's probably not going to be in the short passing game. It's probably going to have to be with the one-on-one jump ball type plays or the Streaking down the sideline, you have to throw it into that nice little window that's being left for you type plays that opens up the Ravens defense. And until you can do that, it's going to be a really long day trying to get short passes against this team. Because even though they get sacks really well, those linebackers are going to cover the short passes really well.
0: And that's a hard thing, John, because, yeah, it's hard to have short passes, but it's not easy to make big plays against this defense either. I mean, they have really good communication on the back end. But I think you just have to find a way to run the ball in this game. I mean, their interior defenders are great run defenders. I mean, their top three guys have a better run defense grade than anyone the Chargers have with Michael Pierce, Brandon Williams, and Brent Urban. I mean, all those guys have at least an 82.7 run defense grade on pro football focus, led by Michael Pierce with a ridiculous Jarrell Casey-like 91.7. So, I mean, the Chargers have – their work cut out for them. And then this doesn't really fit into any of these keys for success segments. But, David, the Chargers need to have success on special teams. You saw last week that the Ravens took a punt return back for a touchdown. And the Chargers need to be on point on special teams because a play like that can absolutely flip the
1: game in the favor of the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, usually those type of plays, those special teams plays, will give you tremendous amounts of momentum. You saw it when Desmond King took a, a a punt back for a touchdown and just swung the momentum in that Pittsburgh game. I that was massive. And, uh, you know, so that's something you cannot allow to happen for the Ravens and something you want to happen for the chargers in this situation. If you get a special teams touchdown, uh, then that's just, you know, going to give you tremendous, tremendous momentum and, you know, just help you get scores from places that aren't your offense. So once you get a, 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 You know, a a touchdown from, you know, a special teams or a defense, you know, that that, you know, it's just going to give you tremendous momentum going forward in the game. So that's a big play. Those are big plays. And you definitely want to get one of those if you can.
2: And it doesn't have to be a touchdown. It could just be a a bigger turn that changes this game. It happened for the Ravens against the Chiefs when we were we were looking at the scores going, oh, my God, Okay, is the Ravens going to make this comeback? They're down seven. Are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? And. It was a punt return that's fueled the touchdown in the end of that fourth quarter. But if not for that, then the Ravens' offense had no chance. And it's going to be the same thing in this game. If you even give them, say, a, even a forty-yard punt return, a thirty-yard punt return, it's going to be a big difference. And even though it's not a touchdown,
0: yeah, and uh, you're right, John. But it's also on the flip side too. You can't give it up. I mean, that w- that's the one thing that could really give the give the Ravens a huge. Chance in this game is if they can get great special teams play against a a Chargers team that's giving it up, frankly. And, I mean, Cyrus Jones has 16 returns on the season and is averaging 15 yards per punt return. That's just ridiculous. You have to find a way to really limit that because it's going to be a field position game, so you can't be giving up great field position to a Ravens offense that tries to earn it one inch at a time. That's just not a recipe for success. All right, well, that's going to wrap things up for today's show, but it's tomorrow's show I want to talk to you guys about because David has booked us, probably our biggest guest this season.
1: Yeah, man, I've been working on this particular guest for what seems like a couple of months now, but if you watch NFL Network, particularly in the morning, you will know who I am talking about. That is Kay Adams from Good Morning Football Uh, So excited to have her on the show for Friday's show. It's going to be so much fun talking football with her. She's always been a huge advocate for the Chargers on that show. And uh, it's going to be so much fun to bring her perspective to our listeners.
0: Huge, huge get and someone I'm super excited to talk to because if you've listened to her talk football, you know she knows what she's talking about. She's one of the best hosts doing any kind of football talk show right now. So I'm super stoked to get that. And it also helps that she's a Charger fan, which is also really cool. But I'm super excited to get her opinion on everything that's going down, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl chances, you name it. We're going to ask Kay Adams tomorrow morning when we talk to her. But thanks again for listening, guys. Make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. Make sure to go like the Facebook page locked on chargers and everyone wants these shows right away in the morning i will tell you guys the best way to do it is to go subscribe to our podcast you will get them usually the night before everyone else gets them or you can just say hey alexa play podcast locked on chargers or hey siri play podcast locked on chargers it's that easy guys make sure to go subscribe right now so you can get all the newest episodes and we will talk to you guys tomorrow with kay adams thanks again for listening. Take it easy and go Bulls.